Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash Rinko Lieber. <laughs> I am your lovable and cuddly friend, Dr. Steve, and he is the real monster, the destroyer <laughs> of all that is good and pure, James Brickwell. And you have stumbled upon wrong and wronger, and you probably can't believe your luck because you've got us, <laughs> Olivus and Brickwell and James. How are you doing tonight, man? I am better now that that impersonation is over. Now we can finally move on with our lives and pretend that never happened. What? We pretend the whole show never happened every <laughs> week. Why do you got to narrow it down to one intro? Yeah. The second I hit that, well, I hit the is... stop button, I'm done with this. It is gone from my memory forever. Oh, wow. Oh, if only I had that ability for 1981 through 1985. <laughs> But this is the podcast, and you should already know this because you're sitting here looking at me. This is the podcast where James and I argue about things that have nothing to do with anything, but everyone kind of has a suspicion that they know what the right answer is. And tonight, James, I actually lied. Tonight, the topic has a lot to do with something that is glaring right at the viewers right now. My monster hat. What are we going to talk about today? Today, we are going to do Sesame Street versus Mr. Rogers, which is better? Taking on American icons, Sesame Street versus Mr. Rogers. But before we get there, James, I got to tell you, the results are in. And obviously there was some kind of equipment failure or something was going on with the voting because I lost in... I don't even know if lost is the correct word to describe the pounding that I took at the hands of Breakwell's followers. I don't know, ever since I have I mobilized my legions to defeat you several weeks ago, they, they disappeared like dust in the wind. You're going to have to ask your grandparents about that reference. But, James, you beat me on Facebook and on Twitter, and I, I'm not even close. What do you think happened? Because it couldn't have just been a flat-out victory well, for first you. first of all, everybody hates the snow. So, I mean, I definitely had the, the argument on my side. But more importantly, I gave that rousing speech about how every vote matters. And the people rose up as one to stand with me and defeat you once and for all. That is what we call leadership. I was practically standing on a white horse with my sword outstretched. So, so thank oh my you, God. thank and you, everyone. Archangel, yes, with a sword made of fire. Okay, all right. I'm sure that wasn't it. I, and while all of those words were flowery and made me feel kind of goosebumpy <laughs> down my back, that couldn't have been it. I, I don't know what happened, but I will say this. Viewership and listenership took a dip this week. I think people had other things to do or because if you take a look at the weather map across the country, me, we may have ticked a few people off with our choice of topics last week. <laughs> Also, also, people might just be getting smarter and not listening to us anymore. I mean, you have to account for good taste <laughs> at some point. <laughs> well, <laughs> this week is certainly no cure for good taste as we're taking on Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. Uh, well, before we do that, we always give each other compliments. And always, I will, except ooh, one, for last one, week. Uh, I don't think we did last week. 
Uh, one of the listeners pointed that out, and I don't know that that's necessarily true, but it could be. I guess the listeners pay a lot more attention <laughs> than we do during these things. But I will say, someone asked what year the Guam Quarters came out, and it's 2009. And if you're a, a coin geek, which uh, there's a word for that, it's, it's a long, weirdly syllabic word. But uh, we have a Guam Quarter that was minted in Denver. They were minted in Denver and Philadelphia, and the Guam Quarter of Fate comes from Denver. So just wanted to make that abundantly clear to everybody. <laughs> and James, you can sort of shake yourself back awake again. I'm glad you shared that useless information with our one listener who probably abandoned us already. But you know what? If they ever come back by accident, now they'll know. But I believe I was waiting for a compliment from you. I, is this coming or not? No, you always go first. I go first. I need to be... Ah, it's yes! So, it's so hard to even I think of an insulting compliment. I my nails all week waiting for this. Oh, I would like to compliment come you on. for picking a topic... Come on. With some really big hidden traps in it. Like, I don't think you've watched Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers in oh like my since, since you were a kid. And I think you're in for a drastic surprise. So thank you. And I, I, I live this. Like, I've got a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Like, this is my home turf. So thank you for poorly choosing a topic that plays to all of my strengths. I appreciate you giving me home field advantage. Good for you. You can't tell me that your kids actually watch Sesame. You Sesame Street, maybe. You can't tell me your kids watch Mr. Rogers. There's just that's, no way. That's where you walk into the trap, my friend. Just wait till we flip that quarter and I figure out which side of the argument I'm on. Oh, dear God. <laughs> All right. Welcome to my well, web. There, there was not an episode that I missed back in... Let's see, I probably started watching in 1970, maybe 1971, and I had a solid run till about 75, and you remember those days, James. It was on a lot. Everybody watched it. It was all the water cooler or the milk bottle talk, depending what? on if you talked at nap time or not. What year do you but think I was born, Steve? What? What year do you think I was born? You said, I remember those days. What year do you think I was born? I don't know. 85, 1985. Oh, God. All right. Well, whatever coin flip <laughs> advantage you think you have, when it comes to Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours, you're on like hour number six, given your age. So there's no chance that you have on any of this. All right. Flip the quarter. Well, Let's do this. Oh, wait. I need a compliment. I'm sorry. I got oh, so no, excited. Hey, all right. Yeah, I, me, I got so excited <clears throat> about beating you. Go ahead and give me a compliment. I'll take it. My compliment to you is that you have sufficient self-esteem that you don't even need a compliment from me. You are just willing <laughs> to plow right through it and get to the flip of the quarter because you want to walk face first into the hornet's nest of Olivas' Sesame Street and or Mr. Rogers' arguments. <laughs> All right, now let's flip that quarter for real. Heads, I'm Sesame Street. Tails, I'm Mr. Rogers. Heads of Sesame Street. All right, here we go. And uh, I'm in Roanoke, Virginia this week, so I'm not sure how gravity works up here in the mountains, <laughs> but here we go. All right, it is up, it is down, and it is heads. You, sir, I think you have Sesame Street. I can't remember. I do have Sesame Street, and thank goodness, because this is the one true... You know, legacy going back to all of our childhoods. It's been around forever for a reason. It's got, you know, the Jim Henson quality Muppets in there. Did you know the Jim Henson Company actually donated 
Big Bird and all of those, like the ownership rights to PBS so they can keep those, keep it going, because that's how important Sesame Street is. It transcends money, it transcends corporations, it is our childhood. There's a reason that we have such exemplary guests going on there to this day. I mean, I was watching, believe it or not, I did a throwback today. I, I watched Rocky. I watched Rocky 3. And in that, they do cutscenes oh of like him God. when he when he sells out and is going, you know, and getting soft. And there's a cutaway to him doing the doing uh, Sesame Street and the Muppets. And that was a real cutaway. Like the real Sylvester <laughs> Stallone went on that show. I that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. You've got guest stars lining up. And that just wasn't the case with Mr. Rogers. I mean, you know, God bless him. He was very soft-spoken. It was a fun show. But, you know, Sesame Street was scientifically designed for children. You can read books about how Sesame Street was was done. They tested different segments against each other, figured out what made it, you know, learning stick with kids, what made it not stick. They kept what worked. They got rid of what didn't. And it evolved into the juggernaut that it is today. And that's why you can still watch Sesame Street, and that's why it is infinitely better. James, the one thing about Sesame Street that so very few people talk about, but me as a psychologist, I am willing to bring this to the forefront, is uh -huh. how much mental illness was going on on the set <laughs> of Sesame Street. We got Snuffleupagus. I think. I don't know. Nobody could see Snuffleupagus but Big Bird. And so is Big Bird delusional? Possibly paranoid schizophrenic? I, I just leave that for you to decide. He saw something nobody else saw. That has a definition in my uh, profession. Uh, we had Oscar the Grouch. Hoarder? I think possibly. There are TV shows about people that collect trash and revel in the trash. Uh, they, they had a... They had monsters. They were scaring children. Count The Count was a vampire. Do you want your children going to bed with visions of vampires dancing in their heads? Now, it takes them down a very long and dark path, and I don't think we want our children to be exposed to that. Mr. Rogers, on the other hand, and you being kind of in that millennial era, I think you probably don't relate to the message that Mr. Rogers wanted to send to everybody, which is a polite gentleness to people's personality. He taught empathy. He taught social skills. And I know from about your age down, those are absolutely meaningless because nobody <laughs> has face-to-face -face conversations or relationships anymore. I think you and I probably fall on the same continuum. But Mr. Rogers taught people how to be human beings. And that's what we need more of in this world. And furthermore, Mr. Rogers, I don't know if you realize this, James, but he's dead. Now, why would you want to speak ill of the dead? I think we're going to lift him. A rising tide raises all ships, and Mr. Rogers' spirit of polite genteelness is going to buoy us all in this society. Sesame Street is going to land you in a straitjacket taking medications you can't even pronounce. That's my argument. What do you have against being nice? Okay, you, you walked right into it here, but first of all, let's talk about the creepy factor. Okay, you've got Big Bird and Snuffleupagus, all these soft Muppets you just want to go up and hug. And then you've got make-believe land with Mr. Rogers, which is just terrifying. Like, that's when you get up and you go get a snack. All these weird, creepy little puppets who are scary and boring at the same time. Like, make-believe land was awful. Mr. Rogers on his own, great human being. Then he gets to the puppets and it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. But here's the more important point. Here's the trap you walked into. You are correct. Mr. Rogers is deceased. And I think a big part of how good a show is is the legacy it leaves behind would you not agree with that 
Absolutely. This show, okay. by the way, is going to leave a tremendous footprint. <laughs> so Sesame Street is still going on. It transcends any one creator. It just keeps going and going and going. You know what? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is still going after his death. And this is what you didn't know because your kids are too old. There is a show called Daniel Tiger that kept Mr. Rogers' show going. But they turned it into a cartoon and they replaced Mr. Rogers with a young tiger. This is what our children have today. This is what Mr. Rogers left behind. And that show is awful. You do not want to let your kid watch uh, Daniel Tiger. It's kind of no. sort of like, it's kind of sort of like Mr. Rogers. David has got like some of the good parts, but he's not Mr. Rogers. He doesn't wear the sweater vest right. He goes to make believe land. It's, it's still <laughs> awful. And this is what's going to haunt our children. Will my kids see Daniel Tiger stacked up against the juggernaut, the absolute behemoth that is Sesame Street. There's no competition. So if we're going to go lifetime for eternity and ever and ever, Sesame Street's still going to be going 100 years from now. Five years from now, they're going to take Daniel Tiger and they're going to take all the video of that and they're going to bury it in a ditch in New Mexico and they're going to pretend it never happened. And that's the legacy he left behind. Sesame Street is a Chevy Cruze and Mr. Rogers is a Rolls Royce. Let me explain myself. <laughs> if anything goes wrong with your Chevy Cruze, because there's 10 million of them out there, and that might even be an under-exaggeration, <laughs> if something goes wrong, they just pull out the part, put another one in. Because it doesn't matter. A Rolls-Royce Rolls is handcrafted. That Rolls-Royce, if something goes bad with that thing, it costs an arm and a leg to get it fixed because they have to custom make a part to fit that car. That's the beauty of something that is utterly engineered to perfection. And that was Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Lady Elaine Fairchild, King Friday, I could go on and on. All of his cast of characters were fantastic. And they shaped the way that this podcaster thinks and acts and behaves. You, That's a I big strike just by it. the... That's kind of Exhibit A for where he went wrong. <laughs> By the cut of your jib, because you even cut me off when I'm trying to talk. You got no Mr. Rogers in you. I had to, I had to get my insult in there when it was fresh, and I waited to be gone. It's Sesame Street just teaches you to live in the moment. I mean, Sesame Street is still so important. We're arguing over like whether the characters like well, what's the nature of Bert and Ernie's relationship? Like this was a hot button social issue recently. Who's arguing over Mister Rogers' Neighborhood? Nobody. It was nice. It happened. It's over. They replaced it with Daniel Tiger, and now we're all sad. And that's where Stop we're at. Talking about Daniel Tiger. It is his show. These relatives are up to. It doesn't. It's his show. It's the it's the it's the intellectual property. It is continuing in an unbroken streak, and they have ruined it. And I'm sorry that Sesame Street found a way to go on to be a team. And Mr. Rogers' show was all about him. And when he left the picture, they had to replace him with a cartoon tiger. That is poor legacy planning. That's why Sesame Street's better. Legacy it's going to keep going. Okay. Yeah. That's why this I've is, already. Uh, this I've is already, what matters most. Yeah. I've already picked a replacement host for when I die, and I've got like 75 lined up for when you die, because like, let's be honest, we could, we could plug pretty much anybody into your seat and still be okay. Who, just for kicks and giggles, who is the next Mr. Breakwell? I'm not going to tell you, because you're going to kill me and put him in here. It's going to be Olivas, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> you, you'll argue with yourself? That could be interesting. Oh, well, then I would be just like Big Bird. All right. <laughs> Roll the dice and tell people how to vote for Steve this week. Vote all for right. all that is nice. All right, let's let's roll some dice here. So if you want to continue my amazing streak of victory and vote for Sesame Street <laughs> over 
Mr. Rogers, vote for 74. If you want to vote for Steve and Mr. Rogers and Insanity, vote for number five. Just the number five. And if you want to throw your vote away with a random, vote for 70. 70 even. All right, the dice have spoken and the Guam quarter of fate has assured Olivas of victory this week. Actually, I didn't even need the quarter, James. This <laughs> argument wrote itself as we were going along. So if you want to vote for James and a guy who wants to speak ill of the dead, I don't know, but between you and I, that's not a nice thing you to do, do. You do realize Jim Henson's dead too, right? Just so we're clear. Uh, you didn't mention that during the debate, so that is irrelevant information that we cannot bring in. And furthermore, his kid is the one that is extending the corporation. Mr. Rogers, he was the man. You can't replace the man. When Gandhi died, there was... Is Gandhi dead? If Gandhi is dead, when he yes. died, there was no other Gandhi. You do realize his family still control as one of the major political parties in India, right? Just, just so we're clear. I know you haven't read anyway, a news article in a very long time. 74 for Breakwell, <laughs> who makes up historical facts on the fly. If you want to vote for Olivas, which is a vote for all that is good among people, people who are nice to each other, vote for five. It's a simple number to hit. Just one, two, three, four, five. Bam, Olivas is going to win this week. And if you want to throw away your vote, not vote for somebody who's nice or somebody who speaks ill of the dead, and vote for number 70. James, I, I am so flummoxed by your argument and so outraged and offended that you said bad things about Mr. Rogers. I don't know if I can come back for another one of these. That's good. Your replacement hosts are waiting. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get out of here. We got to record 10 minutes to save your marriage. And if you want to hear us in a more toned down professional setting, at least... Uh, 58% of the time. Listen to 10 minutes also. It's a great podcast. But until then, this is Steve Olivas, the Magical Monster Tour for James Breakwell. We'll just call him Monster, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>